Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In this series called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And we have a new series this that we're doing. It's called, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? What prison? I think it's a prison that we're all trapped in, probably a sinful world, sometimes a, a prison of um, the you know our earthly minds and things like that. Yeah, thoughts that pull us the wrong way, and we know that they're And the probably wrong. feelings. Feelings uh-huh. that can, you know, trap us and keep us locked in bondage. Sure, sure. Uh, Susan, would you open the, the program with a word of prayer, please? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to speak about your goodness, your principles, and how you have designed a life to um, be lived in a sin-free environment. And so we just pray now that you will send your spirit to be with us and guide us and uh um, just help us to discuss those things that would be most pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, for your reference, of course, this is program five, and today's program is titled The Law of Liberty. And I don't know about you, Susan, but I, I, I know through our relationship, we, we have found that we have to give each other room, don't we? Yes. Lots of room? Yes. Yeah. Um, we're individuals. Correct. People are individuals, and... uh the title, The Law of Liberty, it, uh, and as we go through the, the program today, this is a very important one, a uh, very important program, because when we understand this concept, we understand uh, how God's universe works and what he's trying to accomplish. He's trying to accomplish within each one of us to uh, build a character that's similar to his, but do it by our own free choice and our own free will. He's not going to coerce us into becoming nice people. Right. And when you talk about giving each other room, I think it's um, room to, like you say, to mature, but within the marriage bond. Within the marriage right. boundaries, you right. bet. And, and of course, those go without saying, because uh, we know what we can do to destroy a marriage. We know that what those things are, and we know what we can do to make a marriage better. Right, and and what and and what uplifts an individual, and what actually right. takes someone down. I think we're going to be discussing a lot of those principles as we go forward. Yeah, so we want to begin the story, uh, this program, with a story as told by Dr. Jennings, the author of the of the book that we are uh, featuring on this series. Uh, Susan, you want to begin with this story that it. Uh, this actual uh, an actual event. And if you'd like to get a copy of the workbook, yes, that Rich actually. Yeah. Um, helped co-write with Dr. Jennings. You can contact our ministry. We'll give the information at the end of the show. Oh, give it, you can give it now, too. Okay, you can contact us at 916-645-1297. 
And you can leave your name, your number, and an address, and we'll be more than happy to send you out as many copies as you like. They're really nice books. It's a workbook, and they're good for anybody who is breathing. (laughs) Good. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay, so the story is about Joni. Um, Joni seemed to be a frightened child hurting, longing for comfort, for help, yet afraid to reach out, terrified lest she be hurt again. Her hands trembled nervously. Her dark eyes darted back and forth, clearly seeking to avoid meeting my gaze. The striking feature of the 23-year-old woman showed traces of childlike innocence hidden behind a wall of pain and fear. She spoke softly and hesitantly, her voice quivering uneasily. As I escorted her down to the hall to my office, I thought, what will she tell me? What could be troubling her so? Why does this? Why does she seem to be so frightened, so insecure? Entering my office, she immediately broke down and began to sob. Tearfully, she described how she had once been an outgoing, vibrant young woman who thought nothing of organizing her friends for a weekend outing or giving a presentation at school. With a slight smile, she told me about being president of her senior class. She remembered when she was popular, energetic, and fun-loving, But all that had changed when, at the age of 19, she had married her high school sweetheart. During the first few months of their relationship, had seemed absolutely perfect. But soon after the honeymoon, her husband began drinking and he became increasingly demanding, critical, and controlling. If Joni wanted to go out with one of her friends, he forbade her. And if she attempted to resist his demands, he became hostile and threatening. Whenever he took the notion, he ordered her, regardless of what she was doing, to strip and lie down where she, where, he, where she was so he could gratify himself. If she said no, he hit her. Finally, she stopped resisting and instead submitted whenever he commanded. By the time Joni came to see me, she was depressed, confused, insecure, uncertain, fearful, unhappy, and hopeless. The startling change in their, her marriage had completely demoralized her. She neither understood what had gone wrong or what to do about it. Wow. You know, in this universe, we have a law ordained by God himself called the law of liberty. It's not a rule or a legislative enactment or an arbitrary command by a powerful potentate. Rather, it is a universal reality, just like the law of gravity. I mean, think about the law of gravity. You don't have to know about it for it to work. You don't have to believe about the law of gravity to feel its effects either. In fact, you can even deny that it exists at all. But if you take the elevator to the top of the Empire State Building, proclaim that there's no such thing as the law of gravity, and then you jump off, you're going to find out that you are under the jurisdiction of the law whose reality you deny. Violating the law of gravity has accompanying consequences, whether or not you anticipate it or not. You know, the law of liberty works in a similar manner, regardless of whether one believes in, acknowledges, or recognizes it. And violations of the law of liberty always result in damaging consequences in very predictable ways. That's right. So think about a wife who wants to surprise her husband with his favorite dish. After working all afternoon preparing her special lasagna that she knows he loves, she puts it in the oven so it'll be ready right as soon as he arrives home from work. But on the way home, he calls his wife and announces, I have had a horrible day at work and I want some lasagna. So get yourself into the kitchen and make it. And it better be ready when I get home. Not waiting for a response, he then hangs up the phone. What kind of reaction you're going to get when you do that? Mm. Huh? 
Probably not a very good one. I mean, she knows the, the lasagna is already cooking in the oven, right? Yep. Do you think she now wants to throw it out? I don't know. I guess it depends, right? Would uh, would that type of of violation of her freedom cause a rebellious, you know, yes. I mean, a rebellious reaction? Yeah. See, uh, love's harmed, love perishes, and rebellion springs up whenever freedom's violated. Whenever right. you so, force someone to do, you know, right. And you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with like. You know, a husband calling and saying, hey, this sounds really good tonight, but to the demanding and you better do it, almost like he's putting her in the place of a of a, a restaurant cook or a maid, uh-huh. you know, instead of having that, um, that mutual respect, he's like saying, you know, do this for me because I say so. So I think that's a, just a difference. Well, yeah. I mean, originally she's doing it out of love and then all of a sudden it becomes a... Uh, a command that I mean, she's enjoying it. She's doing it. She wants to make him happy. Right. But now it seems like that if she doesn't do it, he's not going to be happy. It's a whole different ball game. Right. You know. Um, That's right. So let's imagine that we're out at a restaurant with your spouse, and the waitress comes and they ask. She asks you what you would like to drink, and you reply, "I'll have a coke." But immediately your spouse states, "No, she can't have a coke. Bring her milk." How would you respond to that? Would this violation of liberty increase love or decrease it? Would you find yourself drawn closer to your spouse or pushed away? So everything I every time I tell you what to do, when to do it, does that doesn't that just warm your heart? Just got to do it this way. You got to drink this. You got to eat this. Do you like that? No, I, it's nice to be able to have. You know, I know. I, well, there's a difference. I think there's a difference if you're trying to, you know, do it out of a loving spirit to help me. But no, I don't like to be controlled right like that right right all violations of the law i mean if you're raising a kid it's one thing right but if you're in a marriage relationship or if you're in a relationship with uh, uh someone a significant other and running around controlling them um and i know we've all we've all been there i'm assuming that we've all been uh, hey what was that all about kind of a deal but yeah all violations of the law of liberty have the same result the destruction of love and the fomenting of rebellion the only variable is in the degree Greater violations of liberty have more devastating results. In case of gravity, if you tumble off a four-inch curb, you might twist an ankle, but you fall off a 40-foot building and you're probably going to die. The law of gravity applies to each instance. The only variable, of course, is being the degree of damage that, that will occur. Right. And so, but a lot of times, you know, we, we can look and we can say, yes, but if you look at the Bible, the Bible, God shows his use of force um, and a real powerful, it seems as though God is using his um, force, especially in the Old Testament, you know, when he's making things to happen and things like that. So, right, because what we're saying is if you love someone, you don't force them to do anything, and then here you go, God saying he's love, and what is he doing? He's running around, it seems like he's, is he forcing them to do things, or what is what is going on? Hmm. So he's gone to great lengths to demonstrate to us that the violation of liberty doesn't restore love. If you read the Bible in a different light, which we're gonna we're gonna look at a couple of examples. See, because once God, you know, remember once he 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 destroyed the entire world with a flood, didn't he? In Genesis chapter six, mm-hmm. it was an incredible use of power. But did he get what he wanted? Did it lead to loyalty and restored unity with humanity after the flood? Why did they build the tower? In other words, 
they built this tower. And if you were to ask them, are you building this tower because you don't believe in God? And they're saying, no, we're built, we, we build this tower because we do believe in God and we're scared to death of him. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And, and see, so that that's the whole reason was they were afraid of God. So he t- he's taking a chance, but it's, it's really all he can do at this point in time because he's got rebellious children causing him to react in a certain way. Right. So there's several instances that we're going to talk about, um, and I'm going to name some off right now. First, we have God used his power to kill the firstborn of Egypt. That's Exodus 11 through 12. Um, then uh, we have... Um, then he overwhelmed Pharaoh's garden in the sea. That's Exodus 14. The Lord thundered from Sinai with grand displays of might, and all the children of Israel were afraid. That's Exodus 20. And um, when God demonstrated his power in such ways, did he did was there a restored unity as a result, or did more rebellion follow? Because after 40 days, the Hebrews were dancing around the golden yeah, calf in yeah, Exodus 32. Exactly. I mean, you can't... You can't teach a class if the children are shooting spit wads and throwing paper airplanes and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, you got to command a little respect. So God tries to do that from Mount Sinai. And what are they doing 40 days later? They're dancing around a calf. Right. So he didn't get the results, but he maybe he got them to listen for a little bit. Uh, rebellious children require more sternness and more severe and harsh judgment against them in order to raise them. Um, you know, you don't. If you got two kids, one's rebellious and one is not. Do you raise them the same way? No. Every every child, you know, you treat them as individuals. And, right. And see, so we hear we have collectively God is trying to uh, raise a nation, if you will, and they're just not listening. And so He has to go through some measures remember well, mount Car- yeah and i think that god does do make the tough decisions you know and sometimes there's consequences to bad behavior yeah you know a lot of times that's what happens with the people that we work with they're struggling and and so they make bad decisions and then their loved ones or their significant others want to come in and say well i i don't want them to go to jail or i don't want them to suffer this way so i'll step in yep and many times it's almost as though... Um, That's the worst thing. Right, because we kind of prevent the natural consequences of um, bad choices to come in to help to change the heart. Right, right, because it's all about a change of heart is what we're after, right. what God is after. We always talk about people hitting their bottom, and sometimes we as human beings want to raise everybody's bottom because we don't want them to hurt mm-hmm. um, because of their choices. But um, the law of liberty allows... Those choices, the the consequences to come in. Right. The law of liberty allows the choices, and it also affords the consequences to those choices. Absolutely. Yeah, because there are just natural things that occur. I mean, I am free to stop by the strip bar. I'm free to do that, but there's going to be consequences. I'm probably going to ruin my marriage. You know, and I'm, and and not only that, and it doesn't even have to come from me. It's going the change is going to be inside you. Yeah, and your head. In my you head, know? and the guilt, and the shame, and the this, and the that, and then. Just, and then, of course, consequences from me. Of course, consequences right. from you. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes. That's No, that's a definite maybe yes. there. And remember Mount Carmel, Elijah, he called fire down from heaven. Remember that. And the people all fell on their faces and said, you know, the Lord, he is God. But then after that, did the people of Israel re- react with perpetual loyalty, you know, with faithfulness? Or did they respond with recurrent rebellion? 
and idolatry. You know, like you can read about it in the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Hosea, Micah. You know, yeah. Um, and and I think we get a clue from the book of Zechariah of what God's desire truly is. And how is. he really operates. Right. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by the way the Spirit works. And how does the Spirit work? The Spirit works through love, truth, and freedom. It's by revealing truth and love and leaving us free to come to our own conclusions that that God wins the heart. So in Ephesians 4, 14, that's where that is explained. Yeah. Exactly. If you think about Elijah's little Mount Carmel thing, remember, he calls fire down from heaven, but then what happens? He goes in and he ends up running from Jezebel, Jezebel, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. what's he do? He goes and hides in a cave, right? Right. And then he's all weirded out, and then there's some fire and some... Uh, earthquake and 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 the, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. The Lord wasn't in the wind. The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. But then there was a still small voice. And this is we see. So even if you can call fire down from heaven, it doesn't mean that that's the main message. The message was in the still small voice because shortly thereafter Elijah goes to heaven right. in a fiery chariot. It was that still, small voice that he needed to hear. And that's interesting because when you look at the life of Christ, um, you know, I think it's in the book of John, it says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus came to fully reveal the character of God. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, we've talked about it before, the how Jesus goes and he doesn't go about um, using force. He goes about healing and drawing people Mm -hmm. you know there's two types of of bosses one that push and some that that draw right and um employees are always better when they're drawn Mm -hmm. to um their leader as opposed to being pushed down and and subjected to to mistreatment yeah so basically what we're saying is there is a law of liberty when you people are free to make their own choices to determine what their individuality and their character is, but there are consequences to those choices, and those consequences can be devastating because it's just the way the law works. Right, because the law of liberty also coincides with the law of love. Exactly. Right, they're they're they're, they're intertwined. They're intertwined. There, you can't separate them. Right. Because if someone doesn't love you, what do you do? You run around and coerce them till they do? No. You're going to let them go because they don't. If they don't love you, there's no way coercion is going to force them to love you. Right. It just doesn't work that way. Right. And so, really, as what we see in the Old Testament, as God's talking to his, what he's trying to do is raise a nation. Right. And he's trying to somehow kind of cattle prod them into the down down the road in the right way, and they just refuse to do that. And if sometimes he had to speak louder and louder and louder to him because they just wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And God did the best he could with what he had. I mean, basically, it's uh, it's emergency measures. But you remember when Lucifer rebelled, God didn't employ his might and force for, for, for him to conform. God didn't use his power to punish him or destroy him. Instead, he avoided force because it's contrary to his methods and his principles. In his omniscience, God realizes that using coercion only incites greater rebellion. It doesn't restore unity, harmony, or love. Love requires freedom. So let's talk about these emergency measures then, because love does apply emergency measures every now and again. If might and power doesn't accomplish God's goal of unity, then why did he employ so much in the Old Testament and take such great risks? 
because that's always been a question that I've had. It seems like, you know, okay, God, if, if you're not going to uh, get angry and blow people up just because, you know, I mean, I'm trying to see, you know, what are you all about, God? What are you, what are you doing? And the, and the only way that, that I can put it together is by that statement that love takes great risks, Mm-hmm. You know, and right. And that's what happens during those emergency situations is, you know, he, God is is risking being misunderstood in order to keep a nation going through holding it all so together. That it's not going to be destroyed. Absolutely. Right. Just like a parent with a family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would a husband ever ask his wife to take poison? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Would you ask me the other day? Why do I got to take this? Should I take this? Yeah. You didn't want to take it, right? Nope. So it's the medication, yeah. Yeah. It's poison. Pretty much. Pretty much poison. Right. But love does things like that. Love, love. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it in a program before, but love will scrape the child's feet and put iodine on it as the child screams. Mm-hmm. If the child has a staph infection. Right. Love will do that. And the child is wondering, why on earth are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You know? And and you're you're wondering with me why am I going along with the doctor? I don't want to take this. You don't want to take this methotrexate. It's you know basically going to kill cells in your body. But love requires that we do those hard things. We mm-hmm. make those hard decisions. We give child a child a lumbar puncture if we need to. We'll even hold the child and spread the vertebra apart while they cry if they if we need to because that's what love does. Right. It makes the hard decisions and takes the risks of being misunderstood. And I believe God was misunderstood all through the Old Testament as he tried to raise his children, mm-hmm. you know. But we point at that and we, and we say um, that that's God's character. Well, if you look at it in that light as God's trying to raise char- children and, and he's doing the best he can with, with what he's got, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a big reason why people have families is so that you can kind of experience what God yeah. goes through as he is trying to raise a, a nation and a world. Right. A parent can go through it in their own little world to see the struggles that, that you have as a as a As a parent, parent trying right. to raise different children right. that have different attitudes. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a story about a, a ship in World War II that went across the, the Atlantic Ocean and, and they, they got hit. And underneath it began to flood, and everybody panicked underneath and tried to get out of the ship, or out of the uh, out of the uh, the hole, the hole down below. And they were pulling each other off the ladders and everything. And finally, the guys up above took an emergency measure. They fired a gun down there, killed a couple guys, but they all shut up, and the rest of them got out of there. Right now, you'd think that was a crazy thing to do, but it it ne- needed to happen, or none of them were going to survive. You see, and so. I mean, it kind of leads to that that uh, proverb. Mm-hmm. Proverb chapter, what is it? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. Right? If you're not willing to respect the teacher, if you're not willing to respect the authority, you're not going to learn anything. If the, if the children in the classroom won't be quiet won't, and just are unruly, the teacher has to do something, break out the ruler or something to get them to to calm down enough to where they can begin to learn. Exactly. So each child has the the law of liberty is part of their um, life within the constraints of the learning environment. Exactly. And see, we all can be constrained within this world with liberty 
if we use it correctly and not for selfish reasons. Yeah, yeah. You, th- you know, and you think about Paul, how he changed, and how he changed from using Satan's methods till he changed to using Christ's methods when he said, before he dragged women and children out of their houses, and after he was converted, he said, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. You know, folks, we are kind of running out of time. Uh, we we wanted to let you know once again that we have this book available. Could it be the simple, the way out of your prison? You give us a call, we'll get one out to you. Um, 916-645-1297 uh, or drop us a line at www.justasiamministries.com and, uh, and check it out. Uh, we're glad that uh, we're glad that we are able to share this with you today. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order this new workbook, called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison. Please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.